Hey, you scum fucks! Welcome to episode 14 of the Nothing to Play podcast, a mediocre podcast about video games, movies, and Sonic fan fiction. As always, wait, wait, it's wait. your boy, Just in Time Carter, and I was not oh. told about. I was not told about that last part, the Sonic fan fiction. I was not told that this was going to be oh. a thing. You, you didn't know. Well, apparently, I do now. So. <laughs> well, now that get... you're in the fold, I was like, I hope you brought. Uh, that was your assignment before coming on the podcast. It was a three paragraph minimum Sonic <laughs> fan fiction. I, I was wondering why you were so interested in Big the Cat, but you know, I mean, apparently now it makes sense. Dude, Adventure DX was the only game I played, and I only played Big's missions solely for that. Well, I mean that's that's what that's the right way to play that game. So yes, <laughs> I was if you didn't know already, uh, special guest this week. I've been trying to hunt him down for a while, but he's been a busy man on his own <laughs> podcast that Pixel Life and having family vacations. Zach Anderson. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, I, I'm working myself to death but it's all in good fun and you know to pay the bills and stuff like that but you know hey it's good and then yeah this has been uh justin has been one of our favorite guests on uh, that pixel life and i'm more than happy to return the favor so thanks for having me no problem you got to get in those uh working hours while you're young <laughs> yeah right <laughs> it's, a, it's a shame i'm not young anymore but you know gotta gotta do it but see, one day your kids will be old enough that they can take care of you. Isn't that how it works? I mean, that's kind of the goal, right? Like, <laughs> that's I think that's why all these like when because my kid plays soccer now. He's uh he's at the age where you know you do the AYSO soccer and all that, and it's funny because these are children, like five and six years old, and there are parents out there thinking you know these guys are auditioning for the U.S. men's national team or something, and it's like. <laughs> It's like, bro, like, I understand your goal of, like, I want to make my kid a pro athlete so I can retire, but, like, it, it's not going to happen, man. Just let, let them run. Like, they, they can barely kick a ball. Like, just let, let them just run up and down a field a little bit. It'll be fine. Yeah. Like, you're not going to make the World Cup playing like that, Jonathan. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> oh, living and dying with every single kick and, like, ref call. It's like, everyone's a volunteer here, homie. Calm down. Like, just, you know, pull up a chair, have a cup of coffee. It's fine. Like, <laughs> grab, grab your orange slices and just fucking <laughs> Hey, man. You know, I had forgotten how good an orange slice was until my kids started playing soccer. I was like, son of a bitch. I like oranges. I forgot about this. <laughs> Oh man, so how have you been? I know uh, you just went. Didn't you? Did you go to Disneyland? I know you went uh, to we California. Did, yeah, no, we we took a trip uh, down south to San Diego actually, Ooh. and and uh, hit up San Diego Zoo, and then the uh, their version of California Adventure, which is the Safari Park. So it's like another San San Diego Zoo, but it's a little different. Um, but it's still basically a zoo. I don't fucking know. Uh, <laughs> and then we went to SeaWorld, which uh, I I think that's not PC anymore to say you went to SeaWorld, but we did. So I don't know. Uh, and and it was great, man. Like I, I will, you know, hot tips. If you want to go to any of those things, do that like two weeks before Thanksgiving because there was fuck all for people there. Like no one was in those parks. It was amazing. We got to like, just walk up to everything. There was no like crowds at any of the big attractions. Like just you know, all the shows at SeaWorld was just walk in and sit down. Like no one, there was no lines. There was no nothing. Like half the restaurants were like, 
shut down. Or I mean, all the restaurants were open in the parks, but they were all like, you know, where usually there's 18 cashiers. There was like one, you know, like, and, and they weren't busy. It was, it was great. It was awesome. You're like, they didn't pass their health inspection. So they were all shut down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, it's because it's like my family and 12 other people in the whole park. So it's like, uh, we don't really need to keep all this open, but you know, it was, uh, it was really cool though. My get out of blast. He, uh, got soaked by an orca during the show. So I think that was pretty fun. And, uh, you got, uh, got to see some dolphins and he's really into sharks. So they have one of those cool, like, you know, I mean, it's not as cool as Jaws three, but like the Jaws three, like tube under the water where all the sharks are swimming around you, you know, type thing that you can walk through. And so that was super rad. Uh, no big, great whites coming and breaking the tube though, which was disappointing for me, but you know, it's, I'll take it away. You can get it. Um, like every shark movie I saw was a lie. <laughs> it's all been a lie. Uh, yeah, totally. And, um, oh, but the, uh, you know, my daughter is super into giraffes and tigers and all. Like she's, you know, she's two. So she, she loves all those type of things. So, and, and that was the best part, honestly, about the San Diego zoo was like the tiger exhibit in the, uh, safari park. I could see where in the summertime, there's like no way for little kids to really enjoy that because they like the way the glasses and everything. And I'm sure that's just a wall of humanity that like no little kid can get to the front of. Like my kids were like sitting by themselves, eating snacks at the window, just like chilling with the tigers. It was, it was awesome. Like there was just, it was so great that there was no one there, but, uh, but yeah, no, it was, it was a good time all the way around. And then, uh, my brother-in-law lived down there for like 10 years or something like that. So like, on every night I would hit him up and be like, Hey, we're in this neighborhood and we want like Mexican food. Where to go? And he'd be like, Oh, go here. And then the next night, all right, where's a good <laughs> Japanese place? Oh, you're going to want to go here. And like every place he directed us to was some of the best food I've ever had, you know? And then, and, and I was texting him on the way home and he and was like, Hey man, thanks again for all the tips. And he's like, actually, I'm just really jealous. Like you've eaten at all the places I want to eat at. I don't live there anymore. So it's like, you know, he's, <laughs> he's just mad at me that I got to like have his, his food tour. You're like living his best life. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> I was like, thank you for curating this list over 10 years, you know, of like good places to eat that I took advantage of in a week. It was awesome. Dude, that's like uh one of my, f- last time I went to SeaWorld, was back in like 2001 mm-hmm. and uh what my favorite memory from going to SeaWorld is funny enough SeaWorld is my dad had like a camcorder like one of the big heavy fucking old school oh, ones yeah, right? yeah. the little mini VHS that you plugged yeah, into a big and then you VHS. had the you had the adapter VHS to like play it in the VCR yeah dude yeah. totally i had yeah. one of those so uh he had one of those and the last family video we have is from that SeaWorld and it's because we were in the splash zone at SeaWorld. And mm-hmm. it's like every time it's like it would almost kind of warn you that it was going to come. Yeah. So he would stick the camera under the bleachers. And it was the end of the show. And he's like, all right, like filming or whatever. There's no warning. And then right behind the dude, Shamu did this huge fucking backflip <laughs> and landed. And all of a sudden the camera, you see this torrential wave come towards oh, the camera geez. and then it hits it and the camera hits the ground you oh, just hear no. my dad and he's like god fucking damn it son <laughs> of a bit. the video just starts like going in and out and then it just cuts off and that's like 
the end because the camera died. <laughs> um, <laughs> you 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 have to rip that and put it on YouTube. That is so great. That is gold right there. Yeah, like, I went and like rewatched it like a year ago because I was at my parents going through all the videos. I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. dude, SeaWorld, the last one. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. That's so good. Um, so yeah, okay. Answer me this: uh, Do you remember those shows when you were a kid being like? 45 minutes long like they were like long right i remember it, yeah being like an hour like right, right? the shows that we saw we went to the dolphin show the the killer whale one and the sea lion one they were all like 15 minutes tops and and i'm wondering if that's because of the whole like blackfish controversy for sea world or like maybe they don't want to like overwork the animals now or something but it was me and my wife were looking at each other like because i mean i haven't been there since i was probably 12 you know and yeah. like neither had my wife and we were both looking at each other like this seems really short like doesn't this seem like we're just burning through this like it seems it was just weird you know like it was just one of those like okay that's it we're over it's like well it seems like you're just starting but okay i guess i'll leave yeah. You're like, I waited like 45 minutes for this show to start. Yeah. You're like, and then it's over in 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was actually, that was the, th- I mean, thankfully, with the parks being so empty, it was just wander in and grab a seat two minutes before the show and it wasn't a problem. But the, uh, uh, but I, yeah, if like, if I was in line for like an hour during, you know, hot ass July or something, I would be pissed if that was that, if that was that short then. Like, oh my God. But, uh, but no, it was, it was a good time all the way around and managed to, okay. So it's one of those funny things. Like you're familiar with the West coast, obviously. Um, it always cracks me up when you talk to people that are from the East coast and they think like states on the West coast work like states do on the East coast and you know, everything's right next to each other. So I was talking to a buddy of mine. I'm like, yeah, we're going down to San Diego. And he was like, oh, like, is that? that's pretty close to where you are though. Right. And I was like, nah, dude, I'm going to be in the car for eight hours. Like that's, that's a drive, you know, like that's, and he's like, he's like, but you live in California. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was like, yeah, I live in the middle of California actually. And it's still an eight hour drive. (laughs) Like you don't understand. And 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 I was like, look at it this way. If, cause he, he's in the, uh, kind of in that like South Jersey area. I was like, if you got in your car, and went the same amount of miles I did, you'd be in basically Charlotte, like North Carolina. You know, like that's that's where you would end up. And he was like, oh, wow, I didn't realize California was that big. I'm like, yeah, and there's another like six hours north above me that you can drive. <laughs> like, it's, you're like, it, Calif- you're like, yeah, you're like my state is like the size of six of your states. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like your entire eastern seaboard is essentially my state. So, yes, like, yeah, but uh it always just cracks me up when you people, because I, th- I think it's one of those things. I mean, and why would you if you lived in, you know, the East Coast your whole life or whatever? Like, why would you think differently? But it's that, yeah, people just don't have a sense of scale when it comes to California. And yeah, it, it's a, it was a long ass drive, but it was it was a good drive. Kids made it. No problems. Like I was I was stressed that it was going to be one of those hellacious you know, drives and I was going to be like the stereotypical dad, just like hating life at the steering wheel. Like, uh. but, uh, no, it was good. It was, it was a good time. Dude, that's good. I was like, yeah, I remember. I imagine now, I mean, it's been so long since I've like done any sort of like real long car trip like that. But I mean, with like, 
you know, iPads and like switches mm-hmm. and stuff. Like I remember like having to like point my Game Boy like at the streetlight trying yeah, to play fucking yeah. Pokemon like totally, at eight totally. at night. Like <laughs> seeing seeing how many times I could beat Super Mario Land like on a drive, you know, it was just one of those things. Uh burning through eight double A batteries at a time in right. those old school Game Boys. Like, Holding a flashlight in my mouth while I'm like sitting there <laughs> under the covers trying to play. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> totally. It's so funny. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a, it's a whole new world now. Because I mean, yeah, I mean, I can remember as a kid, I would bring like my comic book collection with me on drives and like just read through like stacks of comics and like everything, just anything to pass the time, you know. And and yeah, my kids were watching movies and like playing their music and all this stuff. It's it was hilarious. My daughter has uh, unfortunately discovered Frozen, so that soundtrack gets played a lot right now. It's it's unfortunate, but it's happened. So that's that's a that's a hard reality for me that I'm suffering through right now. The uh, and then she, you know, and then everyone goes, "Oh, you like Frozen? Well, the new movie's coming out." So now she's all hyped up to go see that, and I'm like, "Guys, I'm not taking her to a movie theater. Like, would you stop all this? Like, stop it." But, like, why would you do this? Yeah, thing? yeah. What? Like, I'm like looking at my family members. Like, you are just setting me up for fit. Like, fuck all of you. What are you doing? Like, no. But, yeah. But I mean, that might be her first movie. We'll see how it goes. I don't know. I don't know if we'll she's do up for it though. I know. Uh, like my fiance's like little brother and stuff. We took him to like go see like Guardians of the Galaxy and shit mm-hmm. like that. And it's like three, four times he had to get up to like go to the bathroom, and I'm like, this yeah. isn't fun for me. <laughs> like I'm like, well, I have that... to take him, and I'm missing the movie, and I'm gonna walk in front of everybody, mm-hmm. go back, and he's like playing in the fucking toilet and shit. And I'm like, yeah, what are yeah, you yeah, doing? Yeah, yeah. I'm like... Well, that's it. Was funny. Uh, uh, on Pixel Life, our we had a co-host that left, uh, Josh Faulkner. Uh, we're still all, everything's totally cool. He just got super busy and had to move on. Uh, but he has a son that I want to say is five now. And he was talking about wanting to take him to go see Toy Story 4 as his like first movie because he's a big Toy Story kid. Um, but he was like, but I, but I want to see it. So I don't want to take him because I want to see the movie. And I'm like, okay, dude, like it's one of those things. Like cause I did it with a couple Pixar movies with my kid too. It's like you either have to go see it yourself and then go take him back or just be prepared that you're not going to see it. Like, you're going to miss chunks of it. Like, just be prepared. Like, you're not, you are not going to have this experience of, I'm going to sit down and watch this movie from beginning to end. Like, it's, no, it's not happening. Like, you know, so it's just one of those things with, with the kids. It's like, it's, you know, my son now enjoys movies. Like, we took him to, I think the last thing we took him to was Detective Pikachu, and he was way into it. Um, as Pokemon Go rules his life right now. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things. Like, he's super into, into that world. Um, but uh, did you see that movie? I did. Okay. I, <laughs> I have like mixed feelings on it, but I know it's also meant for children. Like, so yeah, that was kind of, I was, I, I was just about to say like, I didn't really like it all that much, but I also know it's not meant for me at all. Like I'm, I'm a 40 <laughs> year old man. Like they're not going like, Hmm, what does this 40 year old Caucasian man? Like, like, let's make that movie about Pokemon. Like, no, that's not it. But, uh, but the thing that was great, so we get out of the movie theater, and you know the scene, uh, it's a spoilers, I guess, with the g- amazingly gigantic Torteras? Yeah. And they're all running from them and all that stuff. 
And it, if we get out of the movie and Jonathan, I'm like, hey, how'd you like it? And he goes, oh, I liked it. It was really good. I just, he's like, I just really didn't understand one thing. And I'm like, and I'm thinking like one thing, like I didn't get half of that movie. Didn't make sense. But sure. What's the one thing, you know? <laughs> and, and, and he was like, why did that scene with the giant Torteras go for like half the movie? Like they didn't really do anything with that. And I was living there. I'm like, that's hilarious. Cause I'm in the movie theater going like, okay, this scene is still going. Like it's, it, it is an ending. And they don't do anything with it. Like they get away from there. And it's just like, and apparently there's just this valley with like 20 giant Torteras in it. Now we're never mentioning it again. Moving on. And it was like, and, and, and like this, my son was five at the time was flabbergasted about like, where did they go? What are they doing with these Torteras? And I was like, okay, yeah, but it wasn't just me. At least a child is like, yeah, why would you do like spend so much time on this? And do nothing with it. But I don't know. It was hilarious. Dude, I had like multiple feelings throughout the movie. Similar to that, like when they go on the bridge and there's like the Greninja star. I'm like, it's made of yeah. ice. I'm like, that would have been melted. Like, why the <laughs> fuck is that still there? <laughs> right. Or like when he took over Mewtwo's body, I'm like, you have like the power of a god at your hands and you can't like beat a 10 year old kid in a Pikachu. Like, what the exactly. fuck is like wrong with you? <laughs> like, well, and also, like, you can't just also fix yourself at that point. Like, like Mewtwo apparently can do anything, so it's just like, I'm just going to fix my old self, and okay, we're good. Everyone's back. Like, it, like ah, that movie is so flawed. But yeah. but again, movie for children. Let's. I'm not going to spend too much time dissecting it. You know? <laughs> uh, oh, man. I was like, speaking of Pokemon, I heard you got uh which now, did you get Sword or did you get Shield? Uh, I went sword because uh, my son and I looked through all the exclusives, and he liked the exclusives better in sword than shield. I what was are, actually. What are the I was exclusives? Actually, uh, shit, I'm blanking on the name. Oh, give me a minute. But uh, I was looking at all of them myself, and um, I probably would have leaned sword or, or leaned shield instead of sword, but. Uh, there was one like double-headed dragon-looking thing that he was uh, the the Dino, and then it uh, evolves into High Dragon, and so he was all all into that, and he liked the uh, the far-fetched evolution that has the massive sword, was it Sir-fetched or whatever? Yeah, little leak sword. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he was he was way into that, and then he liked the uh, was it the. I, f- I can't pronounce the legendaries in this game. Do you know what they're it's like Zwellis or something like that? But he liked the uh, he liked the fact that he had a big sword in his mouth, so he wanted that one instead. And I figured with the with the link trading that they have now and everything, like we can figure out how to get all the others eventually. So, but yeah, we're 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 doing we're we're doing Pokemon Sword, and uh, Jonathan has uh, picked. Uh, was it Grookey? Grookey is our starter. So we're going through that. Uh, I, I found it interesting. Are you playing it? No, uh, I do want to get it. It's just, it's one of those things where I'm like, it's like so close to Christmas where I'm like, that's like a yeah. easy, like I want it for Christmas kind of gift. So I just totally. picked it up. Totally. But I've been watching people play it online and stuff and like listening to different reviews and stuff. So- 
so they pulled they pulled some mechanics from uh, Let's Go, which which are welcome in the like in the tall grass and stuff in this version. You can see the Pokemon that are in the grass, like like let they didn't Let's Go, and it lets you kind of avoid confrontations if you're trying to just get from point A to point B. You'll still have a random encounter here and there. Uh, that's kind of just a roll of the dice, but it's it's very much more limited and. My daughter is screaming. I apologize for that in the background. Um, <laughs> but it's very much more limited uh, than than it is has been in prior games. And uh, I find that it it moves pretty quick. They throw a ton of Pokemon at you at in that game, like, real early. Like, I remember, you know, in the old you know, traveling from Pallet Town days, it was like, yeah, that first route's going to be nothing but... Weedles and Caterpies and, you know, Pidgeys. Pidgeys and Rattas, like, yeah. everywhere. It's, it's going to be, like, four or five types. That's it. It's Man, I'm up to probably... I'm an hour and a half in through our playthrough right now, and I want to say we're, we're, our Pokedex is at, like, 30 Pokemon or Jesus. something like that. Because it was one of those things where I'm like, oh, I'm just going to catch them, the new ones as I see them, you know, and, and move on. And it doesn't do the thing that Let's Go did where you can catch a ton of a certain type and the stats start stacking and stuff like that. So it's just one of those, like, I don't know if it's good or bad, but I'm not catching 20 of these. I'm just going to catch one and move on, you know? Cause I mean, <laughs> I mean, I played enough Pokemon to know two hours into the game, your team is pretty much like 90% set. You're like, okay, there's the fire one. There's the water one. I've got a psychic one now. I'll, I'll swap out a fairy what type when I get it. And okay, let's go, you know? Um, and, and so I've kind of just got, you know, I've played enough of them to kind of default into that state. But I mean, maybe, maybe they're just throwing so many at you that they want you to swap out teams or something. It'd be nice if there was some sort of like, you could swap out a whole team here or there, you know, for different scenarios. But I find myself just, I, I stick with the same ones and, and roll, but it's, it's, it's a solid, really solid game on the whole. It's, I mean, it, it's a Pokemon as Pokemon game. Like, you know, it's, it, it, they didn't, they didn't overthink it too much, but the quality of life changes they made really, really help. Like they've, they've rounded out a bunch of the edges. Uh, fighting it, it all, all of it seems really smoothed out as opposed to the, uh, the alone ones, uh, sun and moon. Uh, it seems like sun and moon was a great first step from black and white. As far as I was concerned, uh, as far as trying to refine what they had built over. this item and blah 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 you know there's, there's a lot of things you can hotkey now as opposed like potions and and things like that and you can still like give the pokemon berries to hold that'll like sp speed that process along during battles and things like that um 
but no, I, I'm I'm really into it. It's it's rock solid. Like it's really good. Um, if it's one of those things, like if you are a po- if you've played Pokemon before and you kind of liked it, you'll probably really like this one because they fixed a lot of the little quality of life things that got annoying in the old ones. And if and also like I'm I'm in way really interested to see my kids' reaction as it goes along because Pokemon's really do make a great uh my first RPG, you know, for for little ones. And I know and you know, I mean shit, I was twenty years old when Red and Blue came out and I still love them. Like I've I played the hell out of some <laughs> RPGs in my life at that point and I still thought it was a great like palette cleanser RPG because you know, I mean, by that time you had your Chrono Triggers and Chrono Crosses and Final Fantasy Nines and, you know, and all that stuff. And which are crazy menus, system driven, battle systems, so on and so forth. And it was really refreshing at the time to play something that was so stripped down. Like it was just so basic. It was almost NES style RPG uh, for, for its time. And it was really refreshing. And to see that system got turned into that super bloated, crazy, over-the-top, okay, we got crazy systems and battling and breeding and, you know, clothing and all this shit that they're adding onto it. So to see them kind of get back to where what made that whole thing fun in the first place with modern graphics, modern controls, you know, all that camera work and, and things that you expect from a modern game now, uh, it's been it's been really refreshing to see. And I think... I think it's it's really good. It's really good. Yeah, I thought it was cool that they uh like at the Pokemon centers now, I saw that you can change like your Pokemon's name just mm-hmm. at the center now. You don't have to hunt yeah. down the name raider dude. He's just there, which was oh, yeah. nice and and that like and- you can uh catch like Pokemon and just immediately switch them into your party or send them into a box. Yeah, I was just about enough, to say that. So it's like I was just about to say, you don't have to do the like, okay, I need to go drop like five dudes off to go pick up five and then bring them back and then get another five. And then, you know, you can just keep transferring them to boxes as you go. Uh, you don't have to go to a Pokemon Center to redo your roster. You can do it all on the fly. It's just, it's, it's all that little type of stuff that just keeps the game moving. You're not spending, you know, 20 minutes to a half hour every time you want to just adjust a roster or figure out what works, you know? Yeah, that's what I thought was nice about like uh, Sun and Moon too. Was I think that was the first one where it's like they didn't have like HMs per se, where it's like you mm-hmm. had you just did the thing and you just flew. So it's like you didn't have to have somebody in your party that had could learn fly and make them yeah. lose a move slot just for fly just to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, and and I mean, there's something to that though, like. There, I, I see where purists, <clears throat> I get where they're coming from when it's like, no, but like there's strategy to that and there's elements and there's, there's things that, you know, they're put in the game that make you work around them. And there's, there's a fun in that. And I understand that, but at the same time, I, I'm not 20 years old anymore and I ain't got 10 hours a day to play these things like I used to. So for me, getting, getting that stuff out of the way to actually get to more of the game, like what the actual game is, is way more enjoyable for me. And it's like, I understand that that's also just me. Like that's, that's where I am in my life right now, you know, cause it, it's very similar to when 
I see people like when Death Stranding, Death Stranding just came out, right? And people are like, oh, it, I mean, you got to play it. Yeah, I've talked to multiple people and I've read multiple reviews that were just like, really, once you get eight to 10 hours in, the game opens up and you really get a lot of, and I'm like, dude, I, that's the game for me. Like, I don't have another 50 hours to give you after you've given me, after I've given you eight. You know, like that's, I, right. I don't care how good it gets at that point. Like I'm done, you know? And, but I also recognize that there's a lot of people that aren't in my situation that do have that time. I'm just not one of them. So it's, 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 you know, not every game is made for every person, but that's, that's where I, I do enjoy these type of things. Cause the Pokemon is very different from Death Stranding, obviously, because it's on the Switch and because I can play it on my lunch breaks and stuff like that. Uh, I will probably, put in the 50 to 60 hours I need for a Pokemon game. Whereas Death Stranding, because it's tied to my TV and I can't play it on my lunch break because I don't have the data for it to stream it, you know, or anything like that. Uh, it's, it's just never going to happen for me. Also, I'm not a big Kojima guy, but yeah. It's... Right. You're like, I'm no Robbie Stilton pool. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Our other co-host Robbie is, is Mr. Kojima and we give him a lot of, we give him a lot of grief for that on the show, but uh, he also so on, on a on a show we did before the Pixel Life, uh, Robbie was kicking and screaming that we voted Ori in the Blind Forest Game of the Year over Metal Gear Solid Five, and it's also it was mainly he, to this day it's a point of contention between us because I hated Metal Gear Solid Five. <laughs> like I thought it had it had a decent like mechanics. Mechanically it was probably the best Kojima game I've ever played. But goddamn that story was just so dumb. Like and I, I don't care about the lore. Like it it lost me so fast. And like the deeper I got down that well, the more I was like, This is the dumbest thing I've ever played. What is this? You know it, and but to Robbie, you know, the other side of the coin is like this is art. This is amazing. Like look at how great this game is. And I'm like, You are insane. But yeah, it's, it, we go back and forth. Well, hell, just the fact that Robbie was like, I'm not even going to get Death Stranding. Like, that's like red flags yeah. for me. Yeah. The, he's like the biggest totally. defender of it. And even he's like, I don't know. I, I got to say, that surprised me. That really did surprise me. And I figured he would do the like, no, I'm not going to get that game. And then, you know, on launch day, I'd see him playing it you know, online or something. I, I figured it was going to be like that, but as far as I know, he still has not gotten it, which is pretty shocking to me. So. Well, and that's fine. Cause now he's probably like balls deep in Jedi fallen order. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I know he got that. And I, I have it too. I just have not fired it up yet. guys. I just haven't had the time. Um, but it's, it seems like a game I'd like, I don't know. I'm hoping so. Respawn, yeah, respawns never let me down. So. I've heard a lot of like good. I've heard it's not like amazing, but I've heard that it's like really good. And I almost think that like, you know, that if they can make a second game and like learn from the stuff they did in this one, that they can make like a really solid follow up to it. Yeah, I I think that you know if, if they can just manage to do a really good Force Unleashed game, like I'm there for that. Like that, those I really like those games. Those were fun third third person action games, and and you know, like I mean, maybe it's just me, but I don't think every game needs to be amazing. Like nothing needs to be that top shelf, upper echelon, can't touch it game of the year. Like 
I'll take really good. You know, like, let's go Marvel Cinematic Universe with it. Are there some pretty great movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Of course. Awesome movies. Great ones. Are there ones that are pretty decent that I also really enjoyed? Sure. Totally. And then there's like, you know, Thor in the Dark World. But the, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but like, you know, I'll take some really, really good to fill out the great, you know, it's, it's okay. Um, but yeah, the, uh, I, I just remember that first, was it Force Unleashed 2, where you the game opens with you as Vader, and you're just like mowing down Wookiees on their home planet or something like that? It was, it was either Force Unleashed 1 or 2, but then like the game starts with you as Vader, and you're just like, just mowing down Wookiees left and right, and I was like, alright, this is my kind of game. I like this. We can do this. <laughs> just yeah, yeah, yeah. Just hacking Wookiees in half. It was good times. Um... Speaking of uh, Forest Unleashed, have you seen Mandalorian? Are you are you watching that? So I did get Disney Plus, and I've been watching a plethora of the different Disney Plus stuff. Mandalorian being one, I just watched okay. both episodes today, and it's funny because it's like everything I've read on Facebook. Everyone's just like talking about how amazing, like Mandalorian's so amazing, and mm-hmm. it's the best. And so I watched the first episode and I was like, this was really good. I was like, I kind of don't necessarily care for like the voice of like the bounty, hunter, like the bounty hunter. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm like, I feel like his voice should be a little deeper, I guess, or like, I guess mysterious. I don't know. I was kind of taken away when I heard him speak the first time I was like, really? I'm like, this is the voice (laughs) they chose. I was like, all right. But I mean, it's not like he's talking all the time anyway. So mm-hmm. it's not like it really matters, but yeah, he's it, almost like a silent protagonist in a way. Yeah. But it was like, you know, kind of like dark ish and like had like dark kind of tones to it and kind of set a mood. I was like, all right. I was like, I could dig this. And then I watched the second episode and I was kind of like, it threw me off cause it had more of like comedic elements and stuff in it. And I was kind of like, huh? I'm like, I, I don't know story-wise kind of like where they're going with this and I kind of wasn't expecting I mean I'm still gonna watch it but it's like I was kind of taken back a little by like the second episode I didn't like it as much as the first episode but the second episode was like oh there's the John Favreau (laughs) like all right there it is yeah but the um I was also kind of shocked by how short the episodes were so I was expecting an hour, and then yeah, when I saw it was too. like thirty six minutes or something, yeah, I was kind of. But I don't. I'm like I thirty six minutes. I'm like that's fine with me. I don't need an hour yeah. of content to like feel validated and like watching it. I'm like if you can tell a good story in like thirty six mm-hmm. forty two minute installments, I'm down for that. Like that uh that that opening episode though was great. I thought as far as world building went and just like the. I mean, I won't, it, it just came out, so I'm not going to talk spoilers, but, like, the thing at the end that he finds was great, like, total oh, yeah. great. Like, I mean, me and my wife are both just like, all right, I'm in. Wait, there's a, one of these? All right, let's do this. You know, like, we were so locked in at that point. I like the uh, the bounty hunter robot. I thought was a great character. Um, and just the, I thought they just nailed the overall look of the experience of it all. Like, just the the world of Star Wars, or the universe, I guess, of Star Wars. They, they really nailed the aesthetic perfectly, and it had that it had that original trilogy where everything was, like, broken and dirty and grimy, but, like, it looked pretty, 
because it's modern, you know, but yeah. like, but, but it wasn't the, like, that was always my, the part I hated about the prequel trilogy was, wait, this is supposed to be way older, but everything looks 10 times shinier and sleeker and crazy sci-fi than, you know, the like space truckers that you're dealing with in the original trilogy. It's like, how, how did you go from like the super sleek Corazon cruiser in episode one to like junky ass, you know, Millennium Falcon in episode two? Like, how did you get from A to B? And in the course of like 50 years, like this isn't something like 400 years later, you know, it's like, no, 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 it's, this is still within like a time frame here. And and if it would have went from like junky ass Millennium Falcon to the Corazon Cruiser, you'd be like, oh okay, you know. I mean, yeah, I look at Model A's now, and I look at what I drive today, and sure, advancements, things improve, whatever. But it's like, if if uh, you know, ten years or fifty years from now, people are driving Model A's, I'd be like, wait, something went wrong. This is <laughs> this isn't working. Yeah. So it was, it it was always a point of it was just the aesthetic of that trilogy really rubbed me the wrong way to begin with and then how was it episode it it was two or three i forget which one but it starts on that planet and one of the cruisers is coming down it's this big sleek you know flight of the navigator looking chrome thing that's coming in for a landing and the sound that's with it it sounds like a fucking biplane landing it's like Like, who picked that noise to go with this crap? <laughs> I remember I was in the theater with my girlfriend at the time, and we were looking at each other like, what the fuck is this? Like, what are we even watching here? Like, oh, so bad. And then they named the villain fucking Dooku. Like, what? what is this? Like, god damn it. This is the worst. Sorry. I have problems with the with the prequel trilogy. No, that's fine. I know. Uh, I was like, Megan had episode one on the other day, and I was like, uh, why? I'm like, you have so many good things on Disney Plus to put on, and you want to put on fucking episode one. Well, she already got through Moana, so. Yeah, that's true. Know. We did watch. We watched Moana. We watched Inside Out. Um, We've been watching the... Uh, the Imagineers documentary. Oh, how is that? I haven't started that yet, but I've been wanting to check it out. It is fucking great. Is like, it? Okay. It, awesome. it makes me want to go to Disney. Well, it makes me want two things. One, it makes me want to go to Disneyland, which I'm like, congrats. I'm sure that was like what you totally. are like. Totally. It's like, go to Disneyland. Uh, it's got your the, they live glasses on. It's just like, buy your tickets, you know? Yeah. But the second thing, it makes me wonder as watching it is I'm like, why haven't they built another Disneyland park that is a like faithful recreation of the 1970s Disney park? Hmm. Like Disney's changed so much. And I'm like, I almost think like with this documentary, I'm like, it would be so smart of them to build like rebuild like a new Disneyland but because like all the original I mean Disneyland still has like you know Pirates of the Caribbean and like some of the stuff that's like from the original Disneyland but like I'm like just like original just like how yeah, it yeah, was yeah. back then yeah because I mean I think the only thing that's kind of still the same is Fantasyland right like with all the OG rides like 
Snow White and Peter Pan and all those like Dumbo and teacups and all that. I think those are all like from that era. But outside of that, I mean, you're right, pirates, but they've changed it. And uh, same with the adventure time. But I mean, you know, that's also they changed it because of misogyny and they changed it, the adventure boat because of racism. But, you know, hey, yeah. <laughs> things happen, I guess. But, uh, uh, <laughs> but, but, you know, like it would be interesting to see kind of a turn back the clock park in a sense. That would be cool. I would I would right. you with that. But yeah, like the documentary is like pretty cool because it like covers like Walt Disney like basically building Disneyland and like trying to get like loans and stuff from banks and they're like, You're mm-hmm. fucking crazy, like this isn't gonna work and like him like building it and he like people who like work there like when it opened and stuff, they're like interviewing them about like day one of Disneyland and they were talking about how like they had double the max amount of people that like they were expecting or that the park could handle and he's like yeah dude like on the teacups they were like spot welding teacups and shit between rides and like just trying to hold (laughs) everything together (laughs) like oh my god and uh apparently disneyland when they built it cost at that time in like 1968 or 70 whenever Mm. it was built it cost 17 million to build which in today's money they said equated to about 168 million dollars actually like isn't that much if you think about the scope of it you know like but like that would that would be a paltry 168 million would be a paltry sum for for a a a a project of that magnitude today you know oh yeah and then, but I'm sure, but I'm sure a lot of that would be like you know union wages and all that to build all of that would be way different than it was back then. So yeah, and they had said that uh, um, that like within the first two months that they had over a million guests, and so wow. so I'm like they made their money back. Oh yeah, and they then, got it back real quick. Yeah, and then like the whole second episode is about like Disney World and Tokyo Disney. Mm-hmm. And stuff like that. So it's like they're like building upon it, and it's like kind of cool getting that like behind the scenes look at different things. I I dug how uh, the like shady ass nature Walt Disney went around getting uh, the land for Disney World, where he set up all these like shell companies that were buying parcels of land all right next to each other, but like they were all unaffiliated. They were all like different farming ventures, but they were all funded by Walt Disney and they all just happened to be buying land that was all right next to each other. And then it's like, Oh, and it's actually, we're all selling it to Disney now and he's building a park here. Yeah. And like they were just (laughs) doing it like a chunk, like an acre or two at a time, just so no one would get wise to what they were doing. But it was all this like money getting funneled behind the scenes and like different shell companies buying things. It was really fun. Dude, well, what was funny, too, was in, like, the episode with Tokyo Disney, they were talking about how, like, uh, they're like, yeah, dude, Japan keeps calling us, like, on a weekly basis wanting to do something with us, and they, like, didn't really want to, like, venture overseas or, like, do mm-hmm. anything because they weren't sure with, like, that, like, with our kind of culture and stuff, how it would translate over to there and stuff like that, so they were, like to get them to go away, they were like, all right, we'll build like a Disneyland park in Japan, but we're not going to pay for it. 
and we're not going to do it and set up like 10 different contingencies that they're like, we thought it was ridiculous. Like they're like, oh, it'll be like, okay, this is stupid and just stop bothering us. But they accepted. And so <laughs> we got suckered into like doing Tokyo Disney. So I thought that was pretty funny that they didn't even want to do it. And then they were like, all right, well, we'll just set something ridiculous. And they're like, okay, yeah. And like, well, fuck, now we have to. <laughs> they're like, well, we're locked in now. Okay. <laughs> right. Um, so then I've been watching that and then, uh, the world according to Jeff Goldblum. Uh, yeah, I've, I've wanted to watch that too. I've, um, I've heard that, but Jeff Goldblum's totally one of those guys where like, I'd watch him read the dictionary. So I'm kind of on board with that. Yeah, that, that's been really fun. And like, yeah, those are only like, I think it's only also like half an hour or something like that. So it's like a nice little, we're like the Disney ones, that shit's like two hours, like per episode. But it's interesting, mm-hmm. so it's like it doesn't seem like it's that long. But then, yeah, the Jeff Goldblum ones—it's like nice little short, just him doing what he's like. I'm eating ice cream, and then here's an episode <laughs> about shoes. <laughs> You're like, yeah, all right, I'll, I'll listen to Je- Jeff Goldblum talk about shoes. Yeah, yeah, and then that's like I also watched the uh, uh, Gordon Ramsay has a show on there too. It's like Gordon Ramsay, like uncharted or something where it's like him going to different countries and like cooking food and whatever culture that's kind of cool i like that yeah have like forge for like ingredients and stuff like out in the wilderness and like he's like you expect me to like fucking scale this mountain for mushrooms (laughs) and shit like (laughs) that's good uh yeah i'm a i'm a ramsey guy i know he i know some he rubs some of the people wrong way but i i I like gordon ramsey's shtick i'm i'm with it the, uh, yeah, I was like, the, I fucks with like the angry British guy. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, I'm I'm totally on board with that. Um, yeah, no, we we've been spending a lot of our time uh, uh, also with Disney movies. You know, Frozen, Moana, uh, all that stuff. I I rewatched Aladdin, which uh, ever since they did the live action, and I've been wanting to watch the animated one again, and then. I kind of refused to buy it because around the time the live action one came out, Disney plus was announced. I'm like, okay, if I can just hold out and not buy this goddamn movie, I know it's going to be on the streaming service. So, uh, I, my, my patience was rewarded and, uh, I, uh, man, Aladdin is so good. It's, it holds up so well. Like that, that movie, that movie does not get as the love it deserves as far as I'm concerned. Like Aladdin is great. Like, People always talk like Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Lion King. It's like, what? You missed one. There was Aladdin right in there, right in between those two. Like, it's fucking great. Like, I don't know. I don't know why it doesn't get the love. See, I was like, everyone I talk to, like, always, I think, holds Aladdin to, like, top three. Like, Aladdin's always towards it. Yeah, anyone I talk to, it's always like, like you said, it's always like Aladdin, Lion King, and... Yeah, I think like Little Mermaid. I think that's usually like the third one. See, around around these parts anyway, it's it's always it's always Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, and Lion King in some order. Like, but it's those three, you know. And I, Beauty and the Beast just—it's not a good movie. I don't understand the love for it. I mean, I understand it's also probably not for me. It, 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 women seem to like that movie a lot more than I do. Um, but. Uh, yeah, that movie that the whole story's just kind of messed up. 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> like it's like, oh, so you, you got Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. The person like that kidnapped you. That's great. I guess it's a good message for women. <clears throat> but um, uh, yeah, like just kind of truly, and like Gaston's kind of the good guy in that movie. Like, yeah, he's trying to kill the beast for his own personal reasons, but like also that village thinks Bell's kidnapped. Like, no one's thinking, like, oh, Belle's up there living her best life and dancing in ballrooms with fucking dishes and clocks and shit. Like, no, no one thinks that. Like, like, oh, this monster has her in his castle. Like, yeah, we should get our pitchforks and go help Gaston free her. You know, that, that, like, Gaston's not the bad guy in that story. Man, I don't know. The whole movie I've got issues with, but. Well, that's what's funny, too, is I'm, like, one of the, like, black sheep where... I, I hold, like, to me, like, Pinocchio is, like, one of my top, even though that's not mm, technically, mm-hmm. like, a Disney story, you know, just, like, Alice in Wonderland and stuff. It's just something sure. they adapted, but... Well, I mean, all of them, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, you know, like, Aladdin was, was it, 1001, whatever, night story or whatever, but they all come from someplace else, but I think uh, Pinocchio's rock solid, like, that. That's that whole sequence with Pleasure Island and all that, and they... The boys get turned into donkeys. Terrible. Yeah, I was Terrifying. like, I remember that like traumatized me as a kid. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> You're like, getting... I'll never, I'll never drink or smoke ever. Right, and getting eaten by the whale and yeah, yeah, monstro. I remember as a little kid, we went to Disneyland. I was probably four or five, and uh, my. My father, in his infinite wisdom, took me on the Haunted Mansion ride. And uh, for those that don't know, that ride begins and you get in the... You go through the big doors of the mansion and you go into a large room. And the room is actually an elevator and it's lowering you down. But it's moving so slowly that you don't really feel it or notice. It's just the room starts stretching out. And the photo, the paintings on the walls all change to show, or elongate to show you this like truly terrifying scene that, uh, yeah, one's a guy just sitting there. And then as it elongates, you realize he's sitting on three other people that are all sinking into quicksand. Uh, another one is a woman with a pirouette and, or a parasol and she's like pirouetting. And, and then as this elongates, you realize she's standing over a crocodile pit that's going to eat her. Um, things like that. But then a narrator comes on and he's like, if you look around, you'll notice there's no doors and no windows. How do you get out? Well, there's always my way. And then lightning and thunder crashes and all of a sudden there's a skeleton hanging from the ceiling. And, uh, and then you're at the bottom and the door opens up on the side and you go into the mansion. Uh, that sequence, when I was four or five, terrified me. And as soon as the lights went out, for the rest of that trip, wherever it was dark, it was bad. Dark equaled bad. The rest of that trip for me. And so fast forward, my mom, super pissed at my dad for taking me on this ride because I'm fucking traumatized now, um, is like okay we're gonna go to fantasy land we're gonna get on storybook land you like boats we're gonna get in this little boat and we're gonna go look at these little dioramas and all this and i lost my goddamn mind because to get through storybook land you go through the mouth of monstro and it was dark 
and I was like, I'm going to die in this fucking whale. I know it. I know this is how this ends. This is the it for me. I'm going to fucking die in this whale. <laughs> Four years old. My life's over. Uh, and then I came out the other side and it was all okay. And I, I calmed down. But it was one of those things like, well, I'll put it this way. It was 36 years ago and I still remember it. Like that's how burned into my consciousness this moment is for me. The monster of the whale terrifying me. But yes. Haunted Mansion. That is great. Don't 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 take your kids. <laughs> don't take your kids when they're little. Don't don't do it. That being said, I have taken my son on it uh, when he was like three, but it was the Nightmare Before Christmas Haunted Mansion. They they had redone it all Nightmare Before Christmas, and it's much much tamer. Like OG Haunted Mansion is kind of fucked up. Like when you really look at that ride, it's like man, there's a lot of like shit going on here that's pretty messed up. <laughs> Yeah, dude, I was like, one of the episodes of the Imagineer thing, they talk about the Haunted Mansion and something mm-hmm. about how they built it and, like, how they achieved some of the different illusions and stuff in it. And But one of the parts in the documentary is, I'm like, that's kind of nice, but I'm like, that's also really kind of fucked up, was, like, one of the chicks who helped, like, who still, I think even to this day, works at Disneyland and, like, does mm-hmm. stuff. I guess her grandmother like was one of the like og like voices like become again Uh, like whatever and like i guess her mom too was like one of the faces or something like in the mansion so she's like yeah she's like you know so it's like when i come through here i get to like hear my grandma and see my mom like every day and i'm like uh and i'm like yeah and they're they're dead that's that's one of those like oh that's kind of sweet and horrifying, right? like really horrifying, like holy crap! Like, yeah, I get to hear my grandmother say, "Bring your death certificate every yep. time I leave." It's great. Yep, that's her. <laughs> oh Jesus! Oh man! Oh good lord! Uh, I've also been watching. Uh, I well, I started watching today, like some of the OG season one Simpsons. Oh wow, that that's hard to watch now. Like that. Uh, some of those that first season in particular like that animation is so rough it is rough but it's like it's still like the humor's there though mm. and i think that's what i enjoy like it is rough but it's like i also used to watch like uh on adult swim there was the show home movies and stuff oh, yeah. and like yeah. and like dr cats and stuff like that with the really shaky like mm-hmm. line animation and stuff so well the thing i like about the first couple seasons of the simpsons is because I honestly I don't watch it anymore um, because all the characters slowly over time just became stereotypes like they became just like Homer became the dumbest person that's ever lived you know Lisa became the feminazi know-it-all like you know like it just it like over time these people just became uh, uh, just you know almost parodies of themselves but that's just the character now and in the first couple seasons, there were actual, like, they were actual characters. They had ranges of emotions. They had ranges of, you know, thoughts and processes. And, and they felt very different to me. And then, I don't know, that all kind of changed probably, I mean, it probably changed in, like, season 8 or 9 or 15 or something. But it, uh, but no, I like, I, the the original episodes have a have a heart that the later ones just don't for me. But yeah, I also, I oh, go ahead, go ahead. 
Oh no, I was just say yeah, I can't even remember the last time I actually like watched The Simpsons like when it was like on no. Fox or something. Yeah, I mean, I was shit, I was I was in college the last time I like regularly watched The Simpsons, you know. So, it's it's been a while. That's one of those like how is that even still on? <laughs> you know, like really like how are they still making new ones? Seriously, I'm like who is funding this? Who's watching it? Like, that's my thing. It's like, who's like, I mean, obviously they're making it because people are watching it, but like, who is watching The Simpsons these days? I don't even know. But, um, now the other, the other gem on, uh, on Disney Plus that we could wrap on that is just all the, all the old stuff from when I was a kid, you know, like just all the old DuckTales and, uh, you know, the, the Mighty Ducks and all that stuff that like. It's just awesome. It's just awesome that it's all there. You know, gummy bears and and stuff like that. Like shows I haven't thought of in 20 years or more. And it's just, they're, they're all right there. And so like, yeah, like having it, it's a little bit of uh, a little bit of nostalgia, but just having like my kids know the DuckTales and gummy bear songs now is kind of fun, you know? So. Dude, what blew me away on my timeline was I did not realize how many people I was friends with on Facebook who knew what the fuck Gargoyles was. Yeah, dude. Like, Gargoyles is awesome. My entire timeline is just people watching Gargoyles on Disney Plus, and I was like, I was like, dude, like I did not realize I had so many friends that knew what the fuck that show was. <laughs> like, they gotta, they gotta bring that one back. That's 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 what they need to put a live action one. I want a live action Gargoyles. Let's do that. I know, I'm almost surprised that, like, Netflix or something, like, I mean, they picked up, like, Thundercats and, like, whatever else. Like, I'm surprised they didn't try to, like, go for Gargoyles or something to do, like, a Netflix original new revamp Redux adaptation of it. I'm kind of shocked no one's, like, uh, I'm kind of shocked that, like, no one stole that idea and just, like, renamed it something, you know, or just, it's it's a cool idea, though. They're just these like monsters are in this castle, and when it gets above the clouds, they all come to life. Yeah, you know, it's it's a great one. I don't know. It seems like something someone should have stolen that over the last twenty years. You know, <laughs> I was like, Seth MacFarlane's gonna steal it and call it like Gargiles or something, and it's like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they're all Seth Ar- Rogen. <laughs> they're, they're all they're all wearing Argyle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're the Gargiles. <laughs> the Gargiles. <laughs> Oh yeah, I was like, but yeah, I was like, Disney Plus has uh taken over as like the go to streaming app at our house. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure, and it, and it'll be that way. That's why we did the pre order, where it's like you pay for three years in advance, but you got it for like under four bucks a month or something like that. Um, and it was one of those things where I'm like, okay, I've got two little kids, and I'm I like Star Wars, I like all the Marvel stuff, like I'm going to be watching this anyway. Yeah, just take the money, give me three years, I'm good, you know? Like, I, I will be using it. And I have been. Like, I've gotten my, I feel like I've gotten my money out of it already, so. Yeah, I did the uh, bundle with Hulu and stuff. Oh, okay. Because we, yeah, we already yeah. had Hulu, so I was just like, yeah, why not, like, tack it on there? Yeah, and see, and now your fiancé gets to watch Moana, so life is good. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what's funny is like when I posted that, it's not even like I have anything against Moana. It was just funny because like we literally watched it like two weeks ago, like <laughs> on Netflix. And then I was like, we 
downloaded Disney Plus and that was the first thing that she watched. I was like, you can literally, like, we already watched this. <laughs> like, there's all these other things that we haven't seen in forever. And you chose the one movie we watched like two weeks ago. Okay, but it's like, but it's like I said on the post, uh, it's the best Disney movie. I, I will I will die on that hill. Moana is the best Disney animated movie. Like, period. Done, nothing added. No ellipsis. Nothing added to that sentence. No ifs, ands, or buts. It's the best one. Like, it just is. I mean, that, that fucking sequence at the beginning where baby Moana goes down to the ocean where she gets the rock, right? And the ocean opens up, and the fucking, you know, there's Crush and, and the baby turtle from Nemo swimming around in there. And that is stunning. The The whole sequence is jaw-dropping. And it every time I watch it, I'm like, how did they fucking do that? Like, that is just so good. And, and it never really goes down from there throughout the whole thing. Like, you know, it's just, it's, the animation is second to none, and... And I, I love the fact that it's like, it's a story that doesn't have a fucking love interest. That's honestly the, what I love about Frozen and Moana is there's no sappy, over-the-top love interest to it. It's it's a story about this girl who has a mission and she's doing it. And that's like, that's all you need to know. It's like, there's no M- Maui, Moana, you know, awkwardness or... or you know, Beauty and the Beast bullshit in that. And I keep going back to Beauty and the Beast, and I don't know why. But um, <laughs> you got bone to pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just down my brain now. And you know, it's just like it. It's a really good, fast-moving, empowering story, and and it's great. And your fiance is smart. It's a great movie. Oh man, I was like, strangely enough, too. I also uh. For like the first time in I don't know when I actually picked up two games on Steam, which I was oh, like, yeah. since I've gotten a Switch, I haven't bought anything on Steam. Okay. But uh, I picked up uh, Edmund McMillan's new game came out, which is a prequel to Binding of Isaac, and oh, it's okay. called The Legend of Bumbo. Uh-huh. And uh, it's basically, it's like Binding of Isaac meets puzzle quest meets like paper mario all right uh, i know i was on like, board like yeah, yeah i was like all three of those are like buzzwords for me so i was like sign me up because it's like match three well actually it's like match four it's like match mm-hmm. four or more but everything's like made out of cardboard and has this whole kind of like cardboard paper like aesthetic Oh, yeah, I'm looking at it now. That looks super crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like you, like, move instead of, like, swapping, like, one thing. You're, like, moving entire rows horizontal or vertical, and it's like Mm -hmm. you have, like, two moves where it's like you can move, move, whatever, and you match it, and you, like, add the mana to, like, your pool to then, like, you have different moves and stuff that, like, as you go through the game and stuff, you get, like, new moves and, like, stuff like that and can, like, swap them out or, like, whatever. So then, like, you invest the mana into those moves to, like, use on enemies. So, and the other one I picked up is called Cat Lady, and it's also... (laughs) It's also... I like, like the name. I'm, I'm on yeah. board already. Yeah, it's like Binding of Isaac in the sense where it's kind of top-down, like, dungeon crawler. But the whole premise is it's basically Binding of Isaac but with cats. 
Like you're this instead okay. of shooting tears out your face, you throw cats. Like you ball cats up <laughs> and like throw them okay. across the room at enemies and stuff. They like bounce around and come back, and you get like different cats that have like different abilities and stuff like that that do different things. All right. And both of those are coming to Switch at some point, but it was like I wanted them like now, so I was like, "All right, yeah, I, was yeah, like, I yeah. guess uh, getting them on Steam." So, so you're really getting your Binding of Isaac fix in these days, huh? Yeah, I was like, and plus, there's like a new expansion coming out for it too. I think at like the end of the year, like the fi- the final one, which I mean, you keep saying yes, it's yes. the final one, but it keeps making money. So it's like, all right, we're gonna do one more. Yeah, it's like it's like these old rock bands that are on their like retirement tour until the next tour, you know? Yeah, <laughs> the last last tour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the final final. But no, it's a. Uh... Uh, Binding of Isaac was one of those games I didn't really. It, I mean, it's one of those things where it kind of like a uh, what was the other indie game that was super popular? Uh, Braid. It was very similar. It, I had a very similar reaction where I'm playing it, going like, I totally, absolutely, a hundred percent get how people fell in love with this game. Uh, Spelunky was like that too, mm-hmm. but like, I I never grabbed me, but I could totally see it while I was playing it. You know, like, it was one of those things where I'm like, oh, yeah, I totally understand why this game is, like, a crazy obsession with... I I mean, I have friends that have put hundreds, if not a thousand hours into Binding of Isaac. And it's just, I... For myself, it just never grabbed me that way, but, like, I absolutely get it, you know? Yeah, I was like, that's me. I was like, I probably have bought it just as many times as I've bought fucking Skyrim, like, across every console. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, I just got to keep it going. I was like, yeah. I was like, that's pretty much... I've also, I mean, I've been playing Skyrim recently on Switch and stuff, too, and I'm like... Oh, jeez. I'm like, fucking Todd Howard keeps taking my goddamn money every single time. But it's, like, I just get in, like, the mood to, like, want to play, like, Skyrim. Like, I want to go around and just fuck shit up in Skyrim. (laughs) Uh, Are you messing with Outer Worlds at all? Uh, No, I do want to play it, but I... Because I had Game Pass for, like, a little while, but, uh... um, I I had like the get the two months for two dollars and stuff and I oh uh, sure sure yeah I did that it's just because I mean it's totally great and I would totally uh play Game Pass more if like it's just I rarely play on the Xbox so I, gotcha it's not yeah, worth yeah. it to me but but I've heard good things and it's like yeah I I have it downloaded and I'm just waiting for a window to dig into it. Cause when people are like, Oh, it's a super streamlined, like Skyrim type experience. Like, yeah, I'm on board for that. Like, give me that, you know, like <clears throat> I'm a way more focused obsidian type game. Sure. I'm on board, you know, like give me that. So ho- hopefully I want to get that knocked out before game of the year happens so i'm I'm hoping the weekend after thanksgiving looks pretty empty right now and i can i can burn through it so that's that's a goal do you have anything in like your like top like kind of area for game of the year like right now 
and it's a weird year. It's a it's a weird year this year for for those type of games. Um, you know, because like last year, like as soon as I played God of War, I'm like, oh, that's probably going to be my game of the year. Like that was an amazing experience. I couldn't put it down. But this year, I mean, there I haven't had that like immediate reaction to anything I've played really. Um, Resident Evil Two remake is probably up there. That like that was really really good. Um, a te- a fucking Tetris Effect is probably up there. Like people forget that came out in or not Tetris Effect. Tetris ninety nine is is probably up there. That came out in January, um, and that was that game consumed my life for like a month and a half. It was it was insane. Uh, as far as recent stuff, uh, Pokemon Sword will probably end up there. I mean, I'm putting a lot more time into it, but that's I could see that one definitely climbing the charts. Um, and I'm, I'm sure there's stuff I'm forgetting, but it's just, honestly, there hasn't been that one single amazing experience yet. Like I gears five was probably as close as I've gotten. And cause that's like the first time gears of war has done something a little different. And it was really good. It, and the story actually made you want to play it. It wasn't like, well, I'm just going to burn through this just to get the lore and then go back to multiplayer because that's all I ever played in Gears was multiplayer. It's like, no, I actually like did everything I could do in the single player because I really wanted to see all the content and all the storyline in it, which was a very unique experience for me um, as far as Gears go. Uh, I was really counting on Doom Eternal being that game for me this year, but that got pushed <laughs> to next year, so that was a big bummer. Uh but no, I still want to play Call of Duty. I still want to play Luigi's Mansion 3. Um, I still need to do Outer Worlds. Uh, Outer Wilds is actually probably on that list for me. Did you fuck with Outer Wilds at all? No, but uh, I, I remember listening to you talk, and it totally sounds like you were describing just like the first like 20 minutes, and I was like, man, this yeah. sounds like something right up my alley. Yeah, yeah. I actually think you would really like that game. It's it's one of those things it takes it takes like an hour or two to kind of get your feet under you in that in that game because the controls are really weird and what you do is really kind of odd uh it takes a while to figure out that you're on like a 20 minute timer because you obviously don't realize it at first because you die a lot trying to figure out what the fuck's going on (laughs) but um like yeah i want to say first five minutes i fell off a cliff and died and i was like well okay that was oh i'm going again all right let's try again um but no, Outer Wilds is probably, now that I think about it, that was probably one of the most unique games I've played this year and probably one of the best. Like, it's it's really good. So, I would, I would if you get that one on a sale for cheap somewhere down the line, definitely give that one a look. It's it's really good. You still need to play Devil May Cry 5, too. Mm, you're right. I do. Shit, that came out. Yeah, that, I know. That came out. That blows me away that that came out this year because it feels like forever ago. <laughs> yeah, like we were saying on our show, like Anthem came out this year. And it's like, uh. I feel like I, I feel like I've been complaining about that game for five years now, you know, and it's like, yeah. no, that came out and that came out in April. You know, it's like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I said, it's just a really weird year for games all across the board. But I think it's because the console generations are switching People are holding stuff back. People, you know, they don't want to show all the cards that they've got for big new projects. So you're kind of getting, it's that end of a cycle dump. You know, it's good stuff, but not great stuff. Uh, I feel like last year was that last 
big push for this generation. And then <clears throat> next year will be all about the new stuff. So we'll see. Sounds good. All right. So I was like, we're going to wrap up this episode here. Is there anywhere uh, our listeners can uh, listen to you? Oh, sure. Yeah, you can get uh, find me on That Pixel Life. It's a uh, video game and media-based podcast. Um, we're on all the all the platforms. If you've got you know, iTunes or uh, Stitcher or whatever you use to uh, Spotify, whatever you use to get your podcast, you can find us there. It's That Pixel Life. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Zackal, Z-A-K-A-L, and uh, that's, that's where you can find me. <laughs> All right. Uh, I was sorry, like, just had to. Sorry, <laughs> in the middle of that, I had to fucking cough my lungs up. <laughs> it's all good. All right. We'll wrap it up there. And before we go, thanks for listening. And just as a reminder, you can pick your friends and you can pick your nose, but you can't pick your friend's nose. <laughs> <laughs>